Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about dealing with negative feedback. I think pretty much everybody's had to face negative feedback at some point in their lives. Often it means we're stepping out of our comfort zones and trying something new or really stretching ourselves, which is actually a great thing. It's just that some people aren't always that tactful about giving their criticism. I hope you enjoy the show and remember to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss an episode. And of course, we're always interested in your feedback. We really hope it's positive, but if it isn't, at least now we'll know how to deal with it. Welcome to today's episode, which is all about how to deal with negative feedback. But before we get on to that, firstly, well done to all of you who have completed the April challenge today. And anyone who hasn't, well, well done to having a go anyway. And there are lots more creative challenges to come, which we'll talk about in a moment. But meanwhile, thanks to everybody who shared their work with us on social media this month. It's been such a feast for the eyes because the challenges have just been so varied this month. Um, There have been some lovely things that have really caught my attention. Um, I've really enjoyed the quick kicks drawings that Heather Adams has been doing. Um, Also, Marion Plowman did some beautiful abstracts and... Uh, KD did some fabulous work for Imitation April, but really they're just the tip of the iceberg. There's been so much great work being produced. It's been a real treat to watch, actually. Tara, what have, what have you sort of noticed um, particularly this month that's caught your eye? Well, like you said, there's been loads of great bits of work, but a few bits that have really caught my eye have been Cheryl Martin. She did an abstract piece, and I think she quite surprised herself because she hadn't really done abstract before, and mm. she called it um, Magical After Midnight at the Fun Fair. Did you see this piece? No, I it, didn't. It was so lovely. It just like I would hang that on my wall. It was just so nice. Really sort of colourful. Just looks like it could have been hanging in a gallery. Oh, lovely. And then they've got Stephen Clark, and he's been doing some acrylic pours, which to be honest, I didn't actually know what an acrylic pour was. And also something he calls string pour techniques. Have you no, heard of no. those? Well, no, but I am guessing that you kind of pour on acrylic. <laughs> <laughs> so clever. <laughs> Yeah, and so it's doing string pulls that he did write what it was. I've completely forgotten. I don't <laughs> and then, know what that is. <laughs> Something to do with pulling string, maybe. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and then we've also got, uh, there was a really wobbly building drawing drawn by, uh, drawn by Carolyn Hart. I really oh, like yes, that as I've well. Oh, yes, I've seen some of those. They're great. Yeah. That's brilliant. So, but shall we go on to the challenges we've got coming up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I um, am going to do the quick kicks again um, this this month. Well, this next month. Um, so the quick kicks is going to be all. Of, well, it's basically drawing with your non-dominant hand, and there is a point to it. Um, apparently, if you draw with your non-dominant hand, then you are exercising the right side of your brain or the creative side of your brain. Um, so if you do that for a period of, of a month every day. Well, basically, it's doing just that. It's exercising your your creative side. So that's I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And I've never tried drawing with my left hand before, so it could be hilarious. I dread to think what I'm going to produce. What about you? What are you going to do? Well, I have actually tried drawing my left hand before. Oh, have you? Yeah, I remember it not being as bad as I expected, but it was like very very slow. Right. I, I you know I saw um oh, I think it was on Facebook. I saw a video of somebody and it was obviously a brilliant artist but they were drawing um on this great big sheet of paper well two great big sheet of pa- sheets of paper and they were drawing one picture um with their right hand and a completely different one simultaneously with their left hand and not only were they doing that but the what they were drawing was brilliant both sides i mean how is that possible <laughs> how is that even know. possible that's I what you'll be even... doing Hmm? You'll be doing that by the end of the challenge. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I might be. I might get sort of a decent stick man out of my left hand towards the end, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, we've got other challenges. We've got Imagination May, and that is going to be drawing something from your imagination every day throughout the month. Um, this helps your ability to memorise and also improves your creativity. And I was thinking about this one because I'm rubbish at drawing from imagination. Everything becomes a cartoon. Oh. But what you could do is just like get an object, like a bottle or something, Prosecco bottle maybe, um, look at it for maybe a few minutes then put it out your sight and then try drawing it. I think that's the only way I'd be able to do it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, do you know, it's funny. I am going to do that quick kicks one, but I'm also going to dip in and out of the imagination, May, because that's one I really wanted to do. But I'm not sure because of everything going on at the moment, I'm not sure I'm going to have time to do that every day. But I'm definitely going to do some of those. <clears throat> I like to do one full challenge and then, you know, have a little play with the yeah. other one sometimes. But um, um, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Just stare at something for a while, you know, and it, that's a good way of exercising your memory as well, isn't it? Well, we hope so. Let's see if it works. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got Miniature May. Now, this is the one I'm going to have a go at, I think. And I'm going to throw in a few of the left-hander drawings as well. But this one is to create a miniature piece of artwork every day throughout the month of May. And your miniature artwork must be no bigger than five inches by five inches in any media, excluding digital. Now, we say five inches by five inches, but I think I've got a sketchbook that's like six by four. So I wouldn't worry overly, but we just mean go small, basically. Um, and what we're going to do this month to try and keep things a little bit simpler is we're going to have one set of prompts that are going to be for all the challenges. And we're going to have one PDF that tells you about all the challenges has that list of those prompts. They'll also be on the website, but we'll also have some reference and maybe some tips in there as well. Um, you've already told me what challenge you get. You're ahead of yourself. We're supposed to be saying what challenges we do next. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I've, had two, I've had two cups of coffee this morning. That's why. <laughs> right, and I've already told you what I'm doing. So we'll skip, skip ahead, shall we? Oh, what's been happening with you, Sandra? Oh, what's been happening to me? <laughs> You're now not on the right page, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. I Okay, what's been happening to me? Well, I, I sold two paintings last week. Um, mm. I sold my big three-foot Coke bottle painting, which I'm really happy about. That went off to Florida. What is it with my paintings and, and um, the US? I don't know. Everyone from the US seems to like them because they, they always seem to go to the USA. So it's really funny. Oh, although You've I got also collectors out there. Maybe you've got some collectors out there. Yeah, that might be good. Um, I've yeah. also sold a, sold a really small painting that I did a while ago as well, and that was actually to the UK, so that was that was nice. Um, it's nice to sell too. And, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to tell you. I have booked a workshop, but guess what kind of workshop I've booked? Oh, so this is going to be something completely different, isn't it, the way you're saying this? Is it mixed media? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is it drawing glass, painting no. glass? No, because I, I already do that. I know, but I thought well, maybe you're <laughs> going to do something slightly different with glass. No, no, no. Um, I have, I've booked a uh, portrait workshop. Oh. I know. I've booked that with a guy who I did a still life workshop with years ago now. Well, not years ago, about four, four or five years ago. He's such a great guy and uh, um. It's definitely not because I want to start painting portraits particularly, but I just feel like stretching myself a bit. I think it can be a bit too easy to get comfortable, can't it, and just stick with what you know all the time. But, you know, outside of that, I want to develop my other skills as well. So, you know, the ones I ra rarely use. So I'm really looking forward to that one. And what about you? What have you been up is, to? Is that painting portraits yes, or drawing? Yeah. Oh, no, no, because I do – I can draw portraits. Yeah. I, I just rarely ever – I think I've only ever painted, you know – very very few and I've I haven't done it for ages so I just really wanted to I don't know just have a go really yeah no, that sounds good I mean I was watching did you watch the um show on BBC what is it I've got a bit addicted to it and Kevin likes it as well the big, <gasps> big painting, painting challenge. challenge yeah I've recorded last night's show yeah uh, well, I saw the one, I haven't watched last night's, but they did um, one where they blocked in faces. Uh, it was really interesting. Just got massive brushes and put someone behind a piece of netting so you couldn't see them properly. Oh, I haven't and, seen that one. Maybe I've got two no, on record um, then. Oh, unless I've watched it ahead. I don't know anyway. But it was just amazing because they kind of blocked in and showed you how you could really quickly start blocking out 
person before you then start you know moving in and putting the detail in yeah yeah I love that program I I think so good yeah I love it I love it so what about you what have you been up to um well I am planning at some point this week to go out sketching because myself and Angela Murphy in our Facebook group we've kind of challenged each other to go out and do a bit of sketching because she really fancied going sketching in a museum and I really want to get out there and do something again so it was going to be last Sunday I was going to go but the weather wasn't that great so well it doesn't have to be if you're going to go in a museum (laughs) no I'm not I'm going to go outside are you are you going to be wearing a baseball cap and sunglasses um and a disguise or are you going to be brave (laughs) are you going to be brave and just go for it yeah well I might actually I was thinking about going into the um nearest town but I might just go to the next door village because it's nice and quiet about a cafe yeah I did think about that but I thought well, maybe I'll start myself off gently with something still like yeah. a building yeah <laughs> and then move on I would like to draw people in a cafe I am very self-conscious about doing that and I'm not sure how good I'll be at capturing you know the movement yeah well I think the beauty of a cafe is you get people that come in sit down drink coffee go and then if they move before you can finish them somebody else tends to sit you, you've always got someone sitting in a similar position. You just get somebody who comes in, you know, 10 minutes later. Yeah. And I don't know. I know what you mean, though. It, it is hard. But um, drawing from the TV can be good to practice that. It, like yeah. an, But I'm talking about something like a newsreader so that yeah. you've got someone who's always sitting there for a good, you know, you've got a good amount of time, but they're still moving around a bit. So that's a good um, tip if you want to practice first. I'll just pause them, though. That's a problem. You pause them. That's <laughs> cheating. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Kevin, Kevin, my other half, he did say he'd come with me to the cafe. So we might do that on yeah. Sunday. Um, but I have to ply him with cake and coffee. So Yeah. I, do you know, it's funny. I see people um, who do these lovely sketches from cafes and they quite often they'll sketch what they, you know, their cakes that are in front of them and their coffees and that. And, um, and I think... God, if that was me, I couldn't sit there and, you know, sketch that. I just want to eat it. No, no, I won't be eating the cake. He'll be eating the cake while I'm drawing. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But, you know, <laughs> you know when you get people and sometimes they draw their breakfast and it's things no. like crumpets or a fried breakfast. Yeah. And I think, well, it's going to go cold, surely. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that'd be good. Well, you could yeah. just draw him. You could draw him eating his cake and then you haven't got to worry about him moving too much because you can <laughs> say to him, right, freeze. <laughs> I could do that at home though. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. But I've also literally this morning, well, it's sort of yesterday this morning, joined an art group, a local oh, art group. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, that's I saw this brilliant. one. It's really weird. I've been looking for one for ages, hmm. and then I googled it again. But I've done this before, but I found one. Um, so I've literally sent the payment. It's like twenty quid to join for the year, and they have monthly workshops as well. So I may well be going on a workshop too. And do you have to? pay extra for the workshops yeah but it's cheaper if you're not if you if you're a member so the, the workshops are only um for members 20 quid so they're not expensive well that's good yeah, that's so, brilliant yeah so that, that was fun, really yes right well today today's episode is all about how to deal with negative feedback and we're talking about negative feedback we've received externally not from our own inner critic obviously so if you want to know how to deal with that then you'll need to go back and listen to it is it episode three that's episode so, three yeah episode three or four yeah yeah I think one of those um anyway there are probably very few artists out there if any um who haven't experienced some form of negative feedback at some point and of course it's usually given from behind a keyboard <laughs> and when it happens it can have a huge effect on our confidence and the you know the problem is when it's negative feedback it weighs on us significantly more than it does when it's positive feedback um so even if say we have 100 amazing comments on a piece of work we've done but then you get one comment that's not very nice then i guarantee that that is the only one that we're going to focus on and the sad thing is is something that I think all of us have to face at some point. So we do need to find ways to deal with it without letting it, you know, eat away at our confidence. Um, have you ever experienced any negative feedback, Tara? No, never. Really? <laughs> of course yeah. I have. I've had loads of it. <laughs> I thought you were yeah. then. A very quick show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in my last year of college, um, I was looking for a graphic design job. Everybody's basically starting to look for a job. 
Mm. And one of my lectures, lecturers, he suggested I go and see a company in Leicester. So off I go, you know, armed with my portfolio. And at that point, uh, none of us were really using computers because we had like hardly any computers for the whole college. So everything was being done by hand. So this guy, you know, we sat there, had a chat, and then he looked through my portfolio. And then he said at the end, I don't think it's very likely you're going to get a job in graphic design. <gasps> he said, if you're lucky, you might just be able to, might be able to get something working in a printer's. Oh, what an awful thing to say. <laughs> no. So basically he was saying... I wasn't cut out for it. I wasn't any good. Um, and obviously my confidence was like completely on the floor. But ironically, I was one of the um, early people in our, of the students to get a job. Did, did you ever see him since? Does he know? No, but I have, since I've actually been, I've actually had the whole thing completely reversed when I've been for a different job interview. Because the first job I actually got was actually with the college, but it was like a, an advertised job working in the marketing department, designing like um, prospectuses and leaflets for the college. But I actually got that job because they said I was the most enthusiastic person that went for the interview, more I, than my skill. That's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, the experience was reversed when I went for a few years later, I went for another interview, actually in the same place in Leicester, but not the same company. Hmm. Uh, the guy looked at my portfolio and obviously liked my work and he asked if he could hang on to it to show it to one of his colleagues I wasn't like overly keen on this leaving leaving it behind but I said oh okay I said do you mind if I have a look through your work so he gets this portfolio out of the company's work and he shows me it and I'm looking and I'm thinking you know to be honest um I didn't think much of their work you know, it was, I wasn't going to learn anything there. If anything, my work at the time was better than what they were producing. Um, and so I actually said to him, look, I'm, you know, thank you ever so much for taking the time, but I don't think the job's for me. And he, he looked really embarrassed because it was clearly obvious that it was by me looking at their work that oh, I was no. saying this. Yeah, so, um, so but it, it's obviously just goes to show you you know, it's all about people and who's there, who you're comparing yourself to, you know, who you are at the time, basically, Absolutely. as well. Yeah. The guy may have been right. The first guy may have been right. And I may have been not up to it at the time. Mm. But yeah, completely changed. How about you? Oh, yeah, loads. <laughs> <laughs> loads and loads of times. Um, one of the first things I remember in particular, and I've never forgotten this, so it goes back to when I very first started painting um, and before I had developed any kind of style at all. Um, so at that time, you know, obviously I was quite happy to try all sorts of things and somebody asked me if I would paint their dog. Oh, yeah. So we had a, a long chat about what kind of thing they were thinking of and, uh, and she said, look, I really don't want a serious portrait of my dog. I want something a bit quirky, a bit fun, uh, maybe even a little bit cartoony. So I had had a, quite a long conversation with her, and um, and obviously we, I try, you know, you try and get in someone's head, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And uh, got started on it. Took me a while, and before you know, when I'd finished, I sort of stepped back and thought, oh yeah, I'm sure they'll be really happy with this. Anyway, before I gave it to them, I posted this thing on my blog, and as usually happened back then, within just a few hours, I'd received loads and loads of really lovely comments on this painting, probably about 15, 20 comments, all yeah. saying, oh, this is so fun, I love it, it's great, blah, 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 which I thought was lovely. But <laughs> then I received an email from another artist who had been following me for a while, and I could have cried when I read it. So the person who sent it basically said that they couldn't believe I'd posted that painting on my blog because they thought it was nowhere near my normal standard. And as if that wasn't enough, they went on to list everything they didn't like about it in bullet points. Oh, God. I know, I know. I was so crushed by this email that I took this painting off my blog and I was actually embarrassed to give it to them. Oh, no. No, but course they were expecting it so I had to yeah so obviously I was terrified to hand this painting over but the thing was she cried when she saw it she said oh god that, you know that's exactly what I'd hoped for and she clearly loved it it went straight up in her lounge right on the main wall um but do you know what I didn't I didn't charge them a penny because that email had made me 
think it just wasn't worthy of yeah. charging. You know what I mean? Oh, that's so bad. It had such an effect. And I had completely forgotten that I'd worked really hard to create something that somebody else wanted. Yeah. So I'd caught the character of her dog in a quirky way. So my job was done because that's what she asked for. And actually, it was great for me. It was experimental. And I really liked it when I'd, you know, done it. Um, But the point was, until I'd read that email, like I say, I'd liked it. But instead of listening to myself and all of the other lovely comments I'd got on my blog, that one email was all I could focus on. Anyway, years later, I I can see obviously now um, that I just let one person's opinion really get to me. And there was really nothing wrong with the painting at all. I was trying, if you know, had I have been trying to create a serious realism portrait, well, of course, there'd be loads wrong with it. But she wanted something different. And um, and that's what I did. And actually, I even like that painting now. So so what would you do now if that email dropped in your, you know, your email box? What would you do? Delete 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 <laughs> that's what I would do I mean I did what would you do about the the person would you still follow them and respect them or not um I, funny enough I didn't do anything I didn't I I didn't reply um I did but what I did do is I must have read that email about 30 times um, curling up in the fetal position rocking <laughs> back and forwards with my thumb in my mouth you know but I should have just deleted it but I didn't I dwelled on it and I just kept reading it um I didn't go back and read all the hundreds you know hundreds that's a big exaggeration all of the lovely comments I'd received um which I should have done I should have looked at those and you know just thought about what I thought of it and what the person who wanted the painting thought of it but I could only focus on this one email but uh, yeah I um I didn't stop following them because funny enough I just felt like it was rude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I didn't and also I, I suppose I just didn't want her to sort of feel that I had t- really been that bothered about it do you know what I yeah. mean but I really was bothered it really hurt yeah, me actually. I, wonder, I wonder if they did it out of trying to help you you know in their weird way or whether they did did it you know to make you feel bad yeah it depends though doesn't it I mean if you're going to do that there's ways of saying things yeah there is definitely yeah. but yeah. You, know, you don't know what someone's thinking do you it's no, weird no have but, you had any others yeah well that situation you just said is totally how kind of graphic design works mm. because you're trying to please the client with what you want and it's not necessarily what you want um, you know how you would normally do things yeah. um, that's that's not it was just just made me think of that I mean it's like cause you're working to this brief and sometimes I'm embarrassed I won't put um, finished graphic design in my portfolio because I've been not made to but I've been told by the client they want this doing that I don't think works do you know what I mean yeah yeah so you have to anyway I'm getting off topic yeah so um, design wise I've had the occasional designs uh, rejected and that's always pretty gutting um not only because you know you know the client doesn't like it because now you actually also uh, beyond that you now have to spend your time creating more you know you've got to do the job again so that sort of it's like a double whammy I think but what what I always have to think about is when someone does reject a design is it's like why have they rejected it well quite often it's because they don't know what they want and they can't tell you what they want at the beginning and so you're stabbing in the dark you know however much you try and ask and try and get a brief out of them you end up having to just pitch something and then when you pitch something they then know what they don't want and then they have more an idea what they do want so sometimes it's not down to you uh, but it does make you feel bad I've actually sat in um, and presented some designs to someone before one client and she she liked most of them and she looked at that one and she goes well that one's just pants something oh, no. <laughs> but but the ironic thing with her was she was the most um what's the word loyal client in other ways but she was very high maintenance but i could also presented something i thought was very mediocre and she'd love it you see so it's again it's all that opinion thing you know so what do you do now then if something's rejected do you sort of still get upset or do you just brush it off I, I still get upset but I I do start try and sort of rationalize okay why don't I like it well chances are it's because 
they didn't really know what they want quite often in the oh, first place. You know, yeah. it's that thing where I've I've had to pitch something in order for them to know that's not what they want, and then you get a clearer brief. Sometimes um, the person actually will not actually stop think what they want. You know, they they haven't bothered thinking about their brand or what they want. Or sometimes I have a bad day. You know, so I produce something the best I can. In you know, if you've only got a day to produce something. You obviously do the best you can in that day, but you're going to get days when you work better than others. At least, just like with art. Mm. So you know, you just have to think. Well, it's just human. It's going to happen. You yeah. can't be, you know, <clears throat> yeah. normal. So yeah, I remember another time, and this goes back um, a long time as well. It was back when I was painting a series of vintage teddy bears, which. Um, in case no, nobody's seen them, they were a series of eight bears, which I did in a really old sort of vintage style with antique props. Anyway, I'd had some prints of these bears made and a friend of mine suggested that I took them into um, the local bookstore, which also sold original arts and prints and, and whatnot. So I thought, you know, why not? So anyway, I went in there. No experience of doing anything like this before. I went in there with a folder full of these teddy bear prints and the lady behind the counter asked, you know, can I help you and whatnot? And I said, um, I explained basically that I was a local artist and I had some teddy bear prints that she might like to sell. Anyway, she seemed mildly interested and looked sort of in the direction of my folder. So I opened it up. I started pulling one of these prints out. Now, these prints were really high quality gicle prints, um, so there was nothing wrong with the prints themselves at all, all the paintings. But before I'd even got this print a third of the way out of the folder, she literally turned her nose up, walked away and said, oh, no, no, don't don't even bother getting it out. That's definitely not my cup of tea. Oh, God, how rude. It was absolutely soul destroying. I could yeah. not get out of there fast enough. And I just felt, I felt stupid. And, and actually, I felt really ashamed, like what I've done must be horrendous. I didn't get any more prints made. Um, I didn't paint. It must have been six weeks after that visit. I didn't even walk into my art room. Um, that one sentence made by that one woman had completely crushed all of the confidence I had at the time, which was limited anyway back then. Of course, now with the experience behind me, I know exactly what went wrong. Basically, I'd walked into a gallery that sold very modern art and my teddy bears would just not have fitted in amongst them at all. I mean, they were kind of vintage style. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's so important that if you ever approach a gallery that you really do your research first and you think about whether your art would fit in there or not. Um, and I think basically she just knew immediately it was completely the wrong style. It wouldn't fit in. But she was just so incredibly tactless and rude and sh she should have explained herself. Yeah. Um, but what finally lifted me out of my pit of despair at the time was another gallery um, who framed a couple of the originals for me. And they said to me, oh, the quality of these paintings is so beautiful. You know, no one paints like this anymore. And they, they were the actual words they said. Um, and they, they actually asked if they could show them. So obviously I was completely elated and, and it really helped pick me up thank goodness but yeah it had that not have happened I probably well I may I may have packed it up completely because oh, back then my confidence just wasn't high enough to carry that yeah. kind of criticism I think I think it's, it's so bad that someone who's working in that environment they know they you know they're dealing with artists mm. they should at least be able to show a little bit of tact and say look this is lovely work but obviously we deal in modern painting so unfortunately it won't fit yeah so that, that's all she needed to say and I would it? have totally understood and yeah. I, I would have looked around and thought yeah you know she's completely yeah. right anyone yeah. who walks into here, this type of place to buy art they're not going to be looking for this type of art they're yeah. going to be looking for something else altogether I mean if it happened now if the same thing happened now yeah then I would walk out of there confident that I wouldn't want to work with someone like that anyway yeah <laughs> I mean well, you wouldn't walk in there now anyway would you because you no, would think it doesn't fit yeah. you'd know that you, you've yeah. learned that along the way yeah. and I've been in a couple of galleries since then anyway and I've been approached by another couple over the last two years but sadly they've just they've all been in the wrong location to be practical to be honest so I do know obviously it was nothing to do with my work um it was just the wrong 
place for those kind of paintings that I was doing at the time. Funny mm. enough, the ones I'm doing now would have fitted in quite nicely. <laughs> but there's no – and they, she's shut down now. Shame. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I've done that, actually. I've been in galleries before and taken work around. It's when I went through – I told you I went through a phase. It must have been about 15 or so years ago. Yeah. Remember I started painting again. Mm. Nobody was rude like that to me. They didn't. Um, I did, they didn't get accepted at a lot of the galleries, but they were a lot more tactful. I think probably my work wasn't great, but um, they were very much uh, handling a lot of prints from very well-known artists rather yeah. than locals. Um, but yeah, it, it's hot. I mean, well, one I did get accepted at was one. It was much nicer way of doing things, where you sent a an image through first on email. Yeah, yeah. Which is far easier because then if they like it, they then say, oh, yes, come in and show us. Mm. So at least know that way. It's unlikely you're going to get a complete knockback. Yeah. Yeah. The softer way of doing it. <laughs> but there, there is another way that you get negative feedback without anyone doing anything. And that is when you post something up online, on Facebook, social media, and you just, it's tumbleweed. You get nothing. Because then there's something weird about it. When we get no response, we almost assume that's a bad response. When, in fact, all it probably is is that nobody's seen it or the right people haven't seen it. Because if you go onto Facebook now, there's so many things vying for people's attention, including all their advertising. I mean, years ago, and I think we spoke about this last week or last episode, you'd post something up on a blog and you'd, you'd have like 20, 30 and so many comments within a few days, wouldn't you? It'd be amazing. Yeah. But but now it just doesn't work like that. And, you know, everybody's got Instagram, Facebook, and everybody's vying for attention. And, you know, of course, these companies all would rather, much rather have people paying for attention than getting it for free. So what do you think about the way social media has changed things? Well, First of all, blogs, they've changed hugely recently, I think. Um, I remember, like you say, when I first started blogging, right up to a, probably a couple of years ago, I used to get streams of comments from other bloggers within about 24 hours of posting. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd get sort of, you know, 15, 20 comments, sort of a, a minimum. Um, but now I hardly get any. So when I first noticed the change, I, I thought, oh, God, what am I doing wrong? Because I know that my blog has improved significantly since I changed platforms. Um, but actually, I've heard loads of other artists saying exactly the same thing. They're all talking about the same thing. They've all noticed the same issue. And um, over the last few months, I've been following a couple of really high profile artists on their own blogs. And I noticed I was having a little nose. And I noticed that neither one of them have received any comments for months and months. Um, I think one of them had had one. Um, and that was despite their popularity, which, you know, is huge. So I, I really don't think it's anything to take personally at all. Um, to be honest, I don't blog as much as I used to. And I've noticed a lot of the other artists that I used to follow hardly post at all um, these days. And some of them have, they've just given up their blogs altogether. And I think that is a shame because I do think blogs are, you know, they're really important for artists. And I do say all of this fully intending to start posting more regularly on mine again once I've got a new painting on the go. Um, I don't think you can get a real sense of an artist's personality anywhere else like you can on a blog, which is why I think it's such a shame that it's changing so much. Um, I, I mean, I know I don't look at as, uh, as many blogs as I used to. Um, and when I do, I tend not to comment. Not because I don't like what I see, but often I just don't have the time, um, which is a bit sad, really, isn't it? And some people have this awful word verification thing where you have to type in a word that you can't see. And yeah. and I can't be bothered with all of that. As soon as I get that, I that's it. I can't I won't comment. Um, but I do think you're right about what you say about social media. I think it's the immediacy of it that people are enjoying. And that's why it's kind of taken over blogging, I think. Um, the thing about Facebook and Instagram is that it's just so easy, isn't it, to click the like button as well. And I just think we're all so busy now. So that's why sort of things have changed. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think whatever method you're getting this negative feedback by, well, hopefully you're getting positive feedback as well. Mm. But the, the truth of it is it's all, it's all subjective. At the end of the day, everything is about someone's opinion. You know, whether it's that gallery owner, you know, who said, you know, she didn't like your teddy bear, whether it's, you know, someone you go to an interview and they don't like your work, 
you could just easily go to a different interview and they love you. It's all down to either that person or that company's personal opinion. It's not true. It's just opinion. Yeah, you're so right. Um, A great example of that is those TV arc competitions, which like one of them we were talking about earlier, weren't we? Um, Painted Challenge. But another one which I love, Portrait Artist of the Year, Landscape Artist of the Year, all of those ones. Um, But you can almost guarantee that at least eight out out of ten times will fiercely disagree with who wins as well as who gets kicked out. Um, Portrait Artist of the Year... um, is one one of the ones I love, I think, the most. And Frank Skinner is one of the people who presents it. And he openly admits that he often disagrees with the judges' opinions. And when I have it on in my living room, some of the comments thrown around by Paul and Charlie, it's quite comical you know, comical because <laughs> they outwardly cannot believe some of what the judges like and what they don't. Um, I mean, for instance, there was a, I'm sure it was a couple of, series ago there was one person who was just so brilliant they produced this unbelievable painting in four hours and it was just stunning I couldn't believe it and he got kicked out and the person that got through was somebody who had kind of just splashed paint around a bit Um, it didn't look anything like what was in front of them and they got in just because it provoked some kind of feeling uh, or emotion to the judges but I remember Paul saying, I don't know how you can watch this. That just makes me angry. <laughs> but it is ultimately, it's just about personal opinion because, you know, what we, we loved, the judges hated, and what the judges loved, you know, we hated. Yeah. So- I- I think, like, because Kevin and I, like I said, we were watching that big painting challenge. And did oh. you see the one with the dogs where they're all drawing dogs? Yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we were, like, commenting and, and we were basically being the critics, again, like, like you're yeah. saying. Mm. But obviously I would never actually say this to the people, although no. I'm saying it live now. But we, <laughs> were, we were saying how bad some of the dog, well, most of the dog drawings were, actually, because obviously these dogs were, were moving. But what you fail to sort of consider... And what people fail to consider when they're looking at your work is they don't know the circumstances in which mm. you've done it. Yeah. So, like, these people, these dogs are moving. They're nervous because they're on the TV. Yeah. They're not necessarily using their usual medium. They've got, like, two hours or something, you know, a very limited time yeah. to do it in. And people, you know, when you try and compare yourself, you, you've got someone on Instagram who spent four hours doing the drawing, and then we might have spent ten minutes doing a drawing. Well, there's no comparison. So if someone does critique, you know, your work, they don't know what stage you're at. They don't know how long you spent. They don't know if it's just for fun. So I think you need to consider that sort of thing as well. Absolutely, definitely. But one of the things that I couldn't believe, and this is quite a few years ago, my mum and I, we went up to this um, top-notch Royal Academy art exhibition. Um, And we thought literally 70% of it was rubbish literally some of it almost looked like it was hanging off the wall it was sort of it wasn't modern art but some of it was sort of semi-modern I'd say but it was even just like framed really badly or you know really scrappy edges but of course these these people in in this exhibition are really highly thought of so our feedback you know would have been that this was terrible but clearly the majority of people or a lot of people thought these artists were amazing uh, and my mum actually who came with me she actually went and bought some canvases afterwards and she doesn't paint but she said she was going to do some for the next year <laughs> she, she didn't do it in the end she never actually got around to do it but she says I can do better than that so yeah yeah, I know what you mean. So, you know, sometimes you look sort of sideways at that kind of thing, don't you? And think, what? Yeah, you know, some I people, know. Some people spend hours and hours painting something and it wouldn't have a hope in getting somewhere like that. And then I know. sort of thinks, oh, I know what I'll do today. I'll, I don't know, get some cling film and sort of smear it in, I don't know, mud and <laughs> and, and present that and it'll get in. It's funny, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. But, Conceptual. You know, exactly. But, of course, yeah. you know, as you're sort of saying you, you hated it. Um, there would have been a lot of people there who love what they saw, who were standing there gazing at it and it was evoking something in them. And, you know, again, it boils down to taste. But the thing is, like you say, you would never have spoken your opinion out loud to the artist standing there. And even if you saw it on Facebook, I'm sure you wouldn't have let, you know, left a negative comment on one of their Facebook posts either. But that's because you wouldn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Um, you 
understand that it's just your own opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, if someone, I think if someone asks you what you think to something, like if there was a terrible drawing and someone asked me, what do you think to my drawing? Mm. I, I would not want to say it's amazing. No, 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 but no. But I would try and... We're not helping, are you? Yes, I would try and say, well, what I might suggest is doing this or, you yeah. know. That's tactful though, isn't it? That's tactful and helpful, which yeah. is a very different thing. But there are people out there who can just be plain cruel. Yes. Um, I, you know, I've seen this a lot on YouTube. I think YouTube has to be one of the um, cruelest place on earth. Um, and have you ever sort of scrolled down some of the comments on YouTube videos? Oh, yeah. oh God, they're horrendous. I've watched videos um, on, on YouTube and read through some of the comments and my jaw has literally dropped when I see some of the cruel things that people say. And so unnecessary as well. Um, I mean, I, don't, I just don't understand it. As far as I'm concerned, if you don't like it, don't watch it. There's no need to voice an opinion if it's a negative one. Um, if you have some constructive criticism for someone that you think might actually help them, then why not just send them a personal message with suggestions instead? Um, and personally, I think things like that, I think it says far more about the person writing the comment than it does about the artist's work. Yeah, I mean, I saw this in a group I'm in. I saw an artist post about YouTube and she'd made a video it was either YouTube or Facebook, I can't remember, but basically it was a video she'd made and she'd showed herself, it was almost like a little mini tutorial of her creating her art. Mm. And she said, what I wasn't expecting was so many horrendous comments, not talking about her art or saying her art was bad, but saying, I can't believe you made the art with such terrible nails. Oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> no. I think it's worse as well when you get somebody who posts a comment that's bad and then somebody else posts another comment and then they start arguing between themselves. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, what's going on? By yeah. the way, if anyone can hear my dog barking, I'm a, I apologise. I think my husband's just walked in downstairs and he's been barking. Did you hear that? Well, my partner's just walked in as well. So our dog has been barking. <laughs> so it might, be, oh, might be both sides. Maybe it was your dog barking and not mine. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were saying about... Yes, YouTube. Oh, yeah. I've had a really negative comment on YouTube before. Um, it actually wasn't anything to do with art, but I posted a video about... Um, mind mapping and brainstorming and a guy came on and he said that's not a mind map that is just a mess <laughs> oh, maybe that's what's in your head <laughs> I, just, I kind of believe that <laughs> the, the funny thing was it was like um I was showing how I sort of get ideas and that's some sort of method I use yeah. and I very you know it's quite free-flowing but mm. the guy actually did do things to do with creativity um so it wasn't just some you know kid on there and I thought I would I would have quite liked if if it had done that nicely yeah. you know if it had done it constructively I would have quite liked to have him on my, my old podcast you know to talk about mm. you know what he suggested but that just I basically after that I just turned the comments off I thought you know I don't need that and that's almost I think what we're saying yeah. you've almost got to turn off those you know even in real life turn off those negative comments yeah. unless it helps you in some way um yeah what was going to say? Um, yeah, I got interviewed for a podcast um, a few weeks ago, and and the host was talking about a really old blog I've got um, about inventing, yeah. and he told me how he used to read it years ago and enjoyed it. And so this is the problem: you don't necessarily get to know about the good bits. So he never commented and said, "I love your blog." At the time, mm. oh, I love this. So the people who are thinking, "Oh wow, that's amazing," may not even you know say anything on social media you know they may give it a like but you couldn't in the old days but it just shows how you get those i'm not allowed to say this i'm like gobshite gobshite people who have to say something horrible and then you get the the people who are thinking something nice but don't necessarily know how to put it or how to say it you know in any way it's like in other in other ways I don't know, say, for instance, you stayed the night at a hotel or whatever, or you had dinner at a restaurant. I mean, this I'm not talking about me personally, but I have noticed that people are very, very quick to write a review, say, on TripAdvisor yeah. about what they hate about something. If, the, if something makes them annoyed, that will um, really make them think, oh, I'm going to write a review, this is terrible. But the people that go there and think, oh, this is amazing, 
they don't sort of write a review. <laughs> so yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got a logo course on Udemy that I created like, several years ago. Mm. Uh, I told you about this, I think. Um, one, most of the reviews I got were excellent. And a one I even got, the one that really sticks in my mind, but shouldn't, was I got a five-star review and it's out of five, in case anyone thinks it's out of ten, where a guy said how helpful my course was. And everything he said was really great. But then at the end of it, he said, but you have got a nose whistle. No. <laughs> yeah. And that really sticks in my head because like, I get allergies and hay fever. So like, oh, yeah. Clara, can you? Stop whistling at Yeah, me. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me what tune you want. <laughs> so you're so mean. Especially my friend. Um, so, yeah, anyway, it's, it's those little things where he's picking on something personally. And I am very aware now. And I do wonder if I do whistle throughout the podcast. <laughs> I've never noticed it. Never. Uh, never. <laughs> oh, well, re- requests. If anyone's got any requests, let me know next week. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think um, as well, sometimes things can be down to a, a little bit of a green-eyed monster too, do you think, sometimes? You, what, you think he wanted a nose whistle? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. But I, I do sometimes think that there can be other reasons behind yeah. what people are saying. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's just something that sort of plays into my mind sometimes. I think it boosts um, their ego, doesn't it? If, if yeah, it boosts yeah, their ego. That's a better way of putting it. I think that's what I meant, really. Um, I think you're right. I think artists, though, they're, they're so sensitive about their work and they are for good reason. And it's because, you know, we put our heart and soul into what we do. Um, but on the flip side, criticism worded in like a constructive way, it can be really useful and it shouldn't always be ignored. So here's an example. I remember once, probably a couple of months after I'd started painting. I mean, all of these things go back a long time so I don't honestly know how I deal with it now but um I I hadn't been painting long and I painted this seascape and I put it on my blog um and an artist who'd always given me previously really lovely feedback before um mentioned in one of the comments that he thought that somewhere in that painting there needed to be some kind of vertical because absolutely everything in it was horizontal and for some reason I dwelled on that comment for ages thinking that the painting must just be rubbish but actually he really was only trying to help um and he did help me as well because I always remembered that piece of advice and after that you know I looked much more carefully at my compositions um and it was years ago and obviously with the experience I've got behind me now I can see that he was absolutely right and actually he was really tactful in what he said I think at the time I was just really sensitive because I had only just started and I didn't have the confidence to take criticism at the time but criticism given in a useful and constructive way it is really important because it helps us improve and to move forward um I mean, we could take, uh, let's look at our Facebook group, for instance. Um, You know, we had one guy, didn't we, who joined us for one of our sketching challenge uh, challenges. And he was a complete beginner to drawing and he made absolutely no secret of it. I think it was the uh, February Faces Challenge, I think. Um, Now, he was obviously really, really keen to learn. And so after a few of his early posts... um, I pointed him in the direction of a video that we put on our own blog, um, which was a tutorial of how to draw a face. Um, Now, I could have just watched him struggle and say nothing, but I just really wanted to help and encourage him along. Um, But I wanted to help him in a constructive way and not make him feel like he was never going to get anywhere because we all get somewhere when we keep practicing and he watched that video and he improved literally overnight and and he continued to improve throughout the month and it was really great to watch and I really hope he's kept it up but my point is you know if people could be more mindful of how they word things I think that would make all the difference yeah I think sadly not everyone is so taxful so we've got to try and think of ways to keep positive ourselves as well Hmm. um I know for me Kevin, my partner, he's really good at trying to help me be positive. And when I get down about something, he'll say, yeah, but remember that X that you did, you know, 
a few years ago or remember that and remember the great comments you got about it he's you know if I get one bad comment he'll go yeah but remember they said that and remember how well this has done he, he's so brilliant like that I don't know if your family are like that yeah 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 well yeah. I, I, my mum's the most the one that does that a lot yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but there's also things like gratitude diaries. I mean, it's not quite the same thing, but I've tried I tried this. And I have to admit, it doesn't work for me, but I know it works for a lot of people where basically you write three things down each day that you're grateful for. Now, it doesn't directly combat negative criticism, but what it does is it makes you start looking for the good things in each of your days rather than the bad bits, which I think is what we all right need to do a bit. Yeah. And there was this also this really good suggestion I saw somewhere, and it wasn't actually for art, but and I might mention it before to have a jar of good things. And Sweet. What, yes, yeah, but that wouldn't be a jar of good things very long, would it? No, no, <laughs> not in my house. So this, the idea of this is like every time something good happens, or you get a good comment, or something nice happens, you write it on a little bit of paper and you put it in a jar, and then you can, whenever you're feeling down or you get a bad comment. Or whatever you like, really. You just start looking through some of these things in the jar. It doesn't even have to be in a jar. It could just be on a dock or, you know, anywhere, really, or a notice board. I don't board. think a dock would have the same effect as a little <laughs> jar. No. What about a your big would... notice board? <laughs> no, I like the idea of a jar. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, depending on where you are on your journey, it could be anything from a nice comment you received on your work to like an award you've won or a sale you've made or whatever. But, yeah, that, that's a good idea. I like that idea. Yeah. So you, how do you think you stop listening to that, you know, one voice then? Well, I don't. I don't know if I know how to stop listening to that one voice, but I think, like, like you said before, you've just got to try and concentrate on the good things, and you know, try and think more about the positive things than the negative. Mm. Like you, your dog, you know, drawing. All all those people had said how amazing it was. The woman who loved it but you got that one comment, but instead of focusing on that one comment, focus on the good ones like you yeah. like you now. But even if you do, just, just going back quickly, even if you do get a stream of amazing comments, what you do have to be careful of is that you don't just listen to those um, and just believe them. I'm not saying that people are not telling the truth at all. What I'm trying to say is it would be quite easy to think, oh, this must be great because I've got 12 wonderful comments on this. You all, you do have to look at your work personally and, and think, okay, you know, is this right? Can I improve it? What have I learned from it? You, you know, I think it's important not to get too, develop too much confidence not on the other end of the scale and think, you know, there's nothing at all you can do to improve. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, there's also little things. I got into really into sort of personal development and reading kind of books like that and mm. listening to tapes. And I listened to loads of Anthony Robbins stuff. Anthony, yeah, Anthony Robbins stuff. Yeah. And and he talks a lot about how things like posture makes a huge difference to how we feel. So like, um, you know, if you imagine a depressed person, you imagine like kind of head hanging down, hunched. But if you imagine someone who's standing up straight, shoulders back, it just makes you feel so much better. So, you know, if you get a knockback like that, you know, try changing your posture try you know focusing on the good things I think everything like that that helps and actually when I did I did his um one of his cd programs once you know like you get a month and you do something every day yeah um, and it, it made me feel so good <laughs> I should do it again really you just you know that feeling of positivity and kicking out all the negative things I do believe that whole posture thing I really do because if I'm ever feeling a bit fed up, you know, if you do stand upright, put your shoulders back. And they, another thing they say is if you if you smile when you're feeling down, it will automatically make you feel better. Yeah, I'm not sure because it's hard, isn't it, to smile if you're feeling fed up? Yeah, they they did an experiment, didn't they, where um they got a load of people to have a pencil and they had to hold it in their mouth. Um, for I don't know, like a minute or something a day or five minutes a day and the idea is that the only way you can hold that in is is by you know basically putting your mouth into a smile and those people actually felt you know more of a sense of well-being apparently at Aww. the end of the experiment I'm not convinced <laughs> by that one I must say <laughs> another thing to consider though is that sometimes the lack of confidence we feel um is nothing to do with the art at all and it is more about the external things going on around us so 
try having a good honest look at whether you genuinely believe what someone might have said about your work or whether it's more about your own lack of self-confidence in general and obviously if it's the latter then you you know it's something you need to look at look into and try and work on it yeah um shall we go into our question we had last week yes and actually I haven't written those on my notes. <laughs> well, shall I read out the question then? Oh, you can. <laughs> well, on, you saw up your phone. Oh no, I have got. I have got the question. Yeah? Oh. Um, okay. No, you're going to read. You're going to read the. Um, I'm going to um, read the question. Yeah. Go on then. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you get over the fear of the blank page? That was last week's question, and we had quite a few good answers. So, do you want to start them off? I will. Okay, so we had Nick Tay Tay West. She says, I draw a long winding line all over the page and then force myself to turn it into something. So that's a good idea. Um, We have Wendy Parking who says, painting therapy. I'm not sure what she means by that. I'm not quite sure either. But I'm guessing she does some sort of painting therapy before she starts. Oh, okay, right. Just guessing. We'll have to to, uh, check that with her. Maybe she just typed two words and then forgot to add the rest. (laughs) Dorothy Walker. Oh, my goodness. She says, says, dare I say, spit on it. Did she spit on it? I don't know. On the page. (laughs) Okay, Dorothy. um, Maybe that's another one you need to elaborate on. We won't be in Dorothy's sketchbook, will we? (laughs) No, definitely not. Uh, Julie McCabe, she says, she says, I warm up with some short timed sketches or I do five minute march. It completely cured me of the fear of the blank page. Thank you so much, ladies. Uh, knowing the clock was ticking seemed to spur me into action and also doing so many quick sketches stopped me worrying about how good or bad my drawing is. My inner critic seemed to quieten down. Now it seems my happiness is in the creating and the result is just a bonus. And listen to this Chopin bash did I say that right bark bark oh is it back I've still got it wrong I've still Chopin bash Chopin back bark bark I can't say it now okay I'm gonna edit that bit out let me start again so we have Chopin back Chopin bark I I just can't say it what is wrong with me why can't I say this word I deliberately gave that one to you as well because I thought it'd be funny Okay, I'll give up. She says... No, I, you've got to say it. Chopin. Look, just write this down. Right, write it um, phonetically on a bit of paper. I haven't got a bit of paper in front of me. Okay. Chopin bark. 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 Oh, bark. Okay. I Chopin I bark. <laughs> I, I just don't know the composer. That's the trouble. That'll do. Yeah. Chopin, Chopin back. Uh, hang on. No, that's, that's wrong again. <laughs> Chopin bark. I tried to, I can't even, I can't even say this now. I've really got to edit this out. Hold on. Right. Let me just compose myself. Compose yourself. (laughs) Oh, you are on fire today. Okay. I'm giving up. I'm not saying it. Let me do that one. Yes, please. Uh, Okay. Did I give you my, oh no, I didn't, did I? Okay. We've got Chopin Bark who says, I tried to find a quote that inspires me and that helps me think what to draw. Then we've got Mummy Savo. Mum, oh God. <laughs> then we've got Mumsy Savo. She says, scribble a lot, in my case, before I start the drawing. We've got Marion Plowman. She says, as Mumsy said, scribble a lot. Turn the page upside down and see if that's the start of something, then just go with it. As soon as you put down the first mark, it's no longer such an empty space. Cheryl Martin says, doodle. Carolyn Hart says, I often draw on coloured paper. Seems to help it feel less daunting. Um... Then we've got Angela Murphy. She says wine. And if that doesn't work, more wine. <laughs> <laughs> then Dawn Langley. She says, I often do lots of thumbnail sketches or doodles. Then see if I could, if, see if there's anything there that I can work up. I like the I wine think, one. Yeah. Well, we've tried that one, haven't we? Yeah. It does, it does work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So the next, is that it? Is that all of yeah, them? You, okay. Yeah, you've got the next question, I think, for next okay. week. Yeah, the next question is, what would your dream creative project be? So what would your dream creative project be? What would yours be, Tara? Uh, I don't know. I should have thought about this, shouldn't I? Hmm. It's very bad of me. Uh, well, kicking the creative, I guess, is one of my dream projects. Yeah, mine too. Mine too. Yeah. 
We're living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of my dream creative projects, I think, would be a few weeks just full time in the art studio um, with kicking the creatives, obviously, going on as well. But to work on like a whole series of paintings for like a solo exhibition, completely uninterrupted um, by other kind of stuff like, you know, having to cook and clean and dog walk and all those things that we have yeah. to do. That would be really nice, too. So where can people? Do you know what also first first though? Do you know what also would be our dream creative project? Oh what? What's that? Maybe oh, to... <laughs> go on then. Interview Danny Gregory or um, John Bergerman. There we go. We got it in. <laughs> wow, we nearly missed it. <laughs> oh, I know. So, as always, you can tweet us your answers at Kit Creatives or let us know in the Facebook group. Which, if you haven't joined, I suggest you join that now. Just kicking the creative. Search for it there on Facebook. And we'll also put that question up on the Facebook page and, of course, on Instagram, which is Kicking the Creatives. Now, you're going to have to remember to put the question up this time, aren't you? I know. I apologise, everybody. I put it up a bit late this time. Yeah, that's why we haven't got so many answers as normal. Um, <laughs> so don't forget to pop over to our website as well at kickingthecreatives.com to find out how you can take part in some of our upcoming creative challenge. Um, meanwhile, our next episode is all about dealing with imposter syndrome. So if that sounds like you, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. Yeah. I think, think that's it. Are yeah, we done? Have we waffled enough? I think we have. Yeah? yeah. Okay then. Okay, yeah. see you later. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. Back soon. Oh dear, I've got some editing to do. (laughs) (laughs) You've got a lot of shopping back. What is it um, about that word? I don't what know. is it about shopping bag? I mean, I think of shopping, shopping bag. bag. <laughs> I think of shopping bag or yeah. shopping back, and I just can't seem to get that word in. It's ridiculous. Oh.